Honored to have as a guest on the podcast is our Vice President of Service, David Pierce. Thank you so so much for being here today. Well, thank you, JJ. It's my pleasure. Um, happy to be here. I've watched many of your podcasts and uh, enjoyed them. Well, appreciate you being part of our team at AMB and um, with the addition. It's been one full year now, right? Am I correct? Full year as of this month. Oh, man. Congratulations on that. Time flies. Yeah. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about your story to our listeners and viewers on who David Pierce is? Oh, absolutely. I um, uh, was born and raised in Maryland, which is on the East Coast. Okay. Um, about 20, 25 miles outside of Washington, D.C. Nice. Um, well, depends on where you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I grew up there. I uh, spent most of my career there until, until coming out to uh, South Dakota. Okay. Um, really started up from the beginning. Started as a technician, servicing uh, printers, copiers. Well, at the time, they were just copiers, and uh, they advanced to become printers. Uh, and uh, I was one of the first uh, for a um, company I was with at the time, which was Konica Minolta. Uh, well, just Konica then. And um, to volunteer and actually service the connected products and put mm -hmm. them on the network and things along those lines. So that was exciting for me. Um, advanced there from, a, went to a dealership um, as a service manager, um, worked there for about five or six years and then went to another company um, as a, kind of took a step back as a color production specialist, uh, but it was a bigger company, more opportunity. Um, and from there over the next 10 years, I advanced from uh, college specialist to IT manager. Um, it's been as IT manager out there managing um, about 165 users, three different sites, um, and um, a call center along with field engineers okay. uh, as well. Um, then from there, I moved to uh, vice president of service. Very um, nice, that's a big job. It was. Um, it was actually a, a good opportunity to do it because uh, my predecessor um, wasn't that he was let go, so I wasn't taking over a terrible situation. He decided to go to one of our other company, sister companies okay. um, down in Florida. Um, so I took over the role there as vice president of service. Um, and they were a good company, but, you know, we became better. <laughs> that was always always the goal. You can always grow, on. right? Absolutely. Uh, no matter always how to improve. improve. Yeah, absolutely. No matter how good you are, you always look to be better. Mm -hmm. Always drive, always push for that, for me personally. But, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, from the, was vice president of service. Um, had some corporate changes uh, come along. Um, so uh, decided to look around and um, went to another corporation. Um, I spent a short stint there for about a year. Um, and um, a mutual fr uh, friend of our owner, Dennis Anderson, reached out to me, uh, I would say it was probably February of last year. And I said, um, Dave, I got a great company. I think um, they definitely need your leadership. Um, what do you think about South Dakota? Well, <laughs> to be honest with you, I've never thought about South Dakota. Right, um, yeah. yeah. Other than a monument, that's always wanted to see that. But outside of that. <laughs> that's all, that's, that's about it, Didn't right? know anything about it. I said, but I'm happy to talk with them and, and, and see what, um, see what we can do. Um, so in talking with Dennis and um, uh, our owner, Kyle, our CFO, and uh, some other leadership here at uh, AMB, um, he brought my wife and I out here to take a look at the area to mm -hmm. see if we liked the area. It was important for Dennis that we liked where we are, first and foremost. Um, Absolutely. Which I appreciate, um, and which was all 
the monument for the first time, uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> what did you think of Mount Rushmore for the first time? I liked it. Uh, I was excited. We didn't really go into it because I know there are caves in there, things along those lines. But um, we went and saw and a lot of heard from a lot of people that it looks smaller than it is. It does on TV and things along those lines. But I think it's because you're so high up and where you're looking at it, you're That's not, actually a good point. not that far. So uh, I thought it was awesome. It was. Uh, it was good. Um, my wife loved it um, as we came out here. And um, so people ask me all the time, why South Dakota? And that's, that's South Dakotians who yeah. ask me that question. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, um, first off, I'll talk about AMB. Uh, when I came here, as I met people, um, company-wide, we have so many great people that work here we do. Um, that, that really, truly care about our customers really true truly care about doing a great job mm -hmm. and put a ton of effort into it um so i'm really proud and happy to work with them um it's been a really great time really really fun um and here my wife's just falling in love with the area um one thing i like the most is i talked about being about 25 miles outside of dc so that took about an hour and a half to two hours to get there so I like the fact that, you know, if I'm going to drive an hour and a half, it means I've probably drove, driven over 100 miles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Not to get 25 miles. So traffic here is, is phenomenal. Would you drive into D.C. Every, every day? Or I had three day? offices. So um, I would primarily go to Columbia, Maryland, which is actually about 71 miles away. Okay. About the same time to get there, traffic miles. I had an office in D.C., which um, took about an hour and a half. But like I said, it was about 25 miles. Um, and then I had an office in um, uh, Tyson School in Virginia, um, which traffic out there is probably even worse than going in the D.C. Um, but um, that also probably took me about an hour and a half, depending on when I left. Oh, my gosh. Congested traffic's no joke out there. Oh, no. <laughs> no. We, we were second to uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> it, I'm, a, I'm originally from Colorado, and when I first moved from Colorado, Omaha, Nebraska, and then Omaha, Nebraska, out here at Sioux Falls, one of our dealer reps that were with me, and I said, ah, oh, we gotta go to Tier Harrisburg. And he asked me, he goes, well, how far is the satellite? I'm like, oh, I don't know, like 15 to 20 minutes. He's like, only 15 to 20 minutes? Is that like drive time? I go, oh, it's about six to eight miles. So get it, 15 to 20 minutes. I'm based out of Chicago. He goes, you know how crazy a traffic that is in Russia? And I'm like, I really never lived in that big of a city, so I couldn't tell you. So he's like, oh man, you shouldn't complain about that. I go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably right. Uh, you know, when we went to uh, um, California just for vacation, I, t I told my wife we got to drive the rush hour one time just so I can compare. <laughs> um, and honestly, I felt like DC was worse, but I was probably on a good day. <laughs> right? Exactly. Who knows? Yeah, that's yep. so so true. Yeah, and that's one thing I agree with A and B. I I feel no matter if you visit with service techs or guys and gals up in admin or even the inventory team and the sales reps everyone has a passion to serve the customer do the right thing take care of them and you you put all those things hand in hand it everything falls into place yeah i mean it it, it truly was a blessing to just kind of to come yeah. here then i've had to do it two other times before taking over um an organization working working a lot of changes and things along those lines um, I really appreciate the efforts everybody put through to work through those changes to um, help us improve and help us grow. And, and I think we've seen it. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, working for Dennis, he, he lets you do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, that's really what he wants. He wants you to take over and do, do what you need to do and do the right things. Um, so far, we've, we've been doing the right things and going in the right direction. So I can't be more excited about being with AMB. Um, and honestly, I can't be more excited about being in South Dakota, which is even talking to South Dakotians, it sounds like it's a surprise to hear that. <laughs> no, South Dakota is a great state. I love the Midwest, and people always ask me, well, you going to move anywhere? I go, not anytime soon. <laughs> so we got we got a lot going for us here. In the That's where I made my mistake. Yeah. I, you know, 15 years from now, when I want to retire, I've always wanted to go somewhere warm, and um, I'm always like, no, I'm not leaving here. <laughs> so I got 15 years. <laughs> 15 years. Okay, perfect. It's good to know. Yes, absolutely. David's with us 15 years. <laughs> No, I mean, 15 years to talk her into it. <laughs> oh, to talk her into it. Okay, good luck. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so with you being the vice president of service, you oversee our managed IT division as well. Yes. And that's one division that we have seen grow tremendously in the last few years. Yep. Can you share why businesses are looking at folks like AMB to manage their IT and why that can help their organization to the next level one key topic is um finding it talent i right. mean how hard is it to find it's it's, it's very difficult right now mm -hmm. so let's just talk about the managed it side you know which is where you have somebody who's supporting your your end users supporting all your employees trying to help them be productive um what we're able to come in and provide is a less cost than what they're gonna to have to pay for a full-time IT person if they don't have one today. Sure. So if they don't have an IT person today and they're looking for someone with the skill set and the quali qualifications and all the certifications that we can provide, uh, you're talking a lot of money annually mm -hmm. that they're paying and what we charge would be a fraction of that. So we provide the help desk support, we provide the on-site on support when needed. Um, and um, as we're providing that support, one of the key areas is to make people Make it help your employees be more productive. So, as an sure. owner, uh, CFO, or um, uh, president of a company, you want to see that your employees can be as productive as they can be. Mm -hmm. It can't be productive if they're spending 30, 40, 50 minutes a day, day and a half, waiting for IT support. Um, and sometimes, even when you have your own IT support to do that, as I said, I was an IT manager over 165 users. It's a lot of users, it's one person. And, um, you know, so no matter how good that person is, they're going to get overwhelmed with, th with things that they're trying to do. And, well, now you're trying to hire two people to, to be that. And what we're able to do is through partnerships that we work with is we're able to provide 140 people um, on a help desk um, uh, based here and out of uh, Florida um, to support all of our customers and, and to uh, give them that fast response. And one of the big things I hear out here not even just out here, but at back back in Maryland, the same way as with a lot of their uh, current people they're working with, they're waiting, you know, for days to get things resolved. Mm -hmm. um, to where, when it's remote support, we can get you started within less than five minutes to get you up and up and get you working with someone to help you get up and going uh, in a quick time period. That's great. Uh, so the other key is, um, I guess the example to kind of talk to. I know a friend that actually just happened a couple months ago. They work remote, mm -hmm. and we know we have a lot more people working remote today. We do. We do. Um, so in their situation, uh, they were down. Um, they were waiting for um, their IT person, this particular company. Um, maybe had about 15 employees. Okay. Probably thought they were too small. 
to come to a company like AMB for uh, managed IT support. Um, and they had a friend, very smart guy, very good uh, IT person. Uh, and they wanted to work with them. I'm sure they're getting a good price for them, but they're also a friend from college. Mm -hmm. But he also has a full-time job. Again, you got the same scenario. Right. You got one person, um, and you know, great person, nothing wrong with them, but they're trying to do a full-time job and help you on your IT support. So what ended up happening is that a, a friend of mine, they were down for um, two days trying to get access to their system. Um, and you know they tried to do workarounds and they did and they, they they got through some things but in the meanwhile they had a 1.5 million dollar deal they were working on that if this person wasn't good enough as good as they were at their job and found workarounds and been doing it for 20 years um, they'd have been stuck because probably someone had been there five years may not have had the experience to know how to go back before we had our computer systems and before they had their software that helped them achieve their um, uh, finish the deals and close them. Mm -hmm. So, and with and with just managed IT, are there other layers like software security, backups? Um, if if I'm trying to log in and everything, and just say I can't figure it out or I I forget my password, is that with managed IT services that AMB can help these people with? Absolutely, that's part of it. Okay. Um, and so uh, when you talk about help desk support, mm -hmm. um, when we provide our help desk support, um, we automatically throw a certain layer of security into it. Um, we uh, use a tool, Sentinel-1, that we okay. uh, and deploy across every uh, user when a customer um, hires us to take over their service. With that comes that stock of 140 people who are monitoring and helping to protect it. Um, in addition to that, you have that, I, I need to, I can't, can't get in, I'm locked out, my password expired, mm -hmm. I need help. Um, contacting through chat uh, or even through phone or email, whichever way um, you want to do it. Um, once you contact them through, we'll just use chat for example, once you contact them through chat, um, that person will uh, work with you and ask for permission to uh, locate uh, remote into your computer to help you out or start walking you through the process of resetting your password. Um, so depending on the issue that comes up, um, we're able to uh, remote in, start working uh, to resolve the issue uh, with your employee and then to help them improve. And again, you keep them productive. Um, the faster you get them back online, uh, the more productive you are. And obviously um, that's key to uh, any business to survive. Oh, exactly, efficiency and we always talk about in the copier world too, it's like water talk, you know, you're going to the water jug and everything. And it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, you're gonna run into this person and this person, you're gonna talk about the sports game and then you're gonna talk about what the kids did over the weekend and there there goes 20 or 30 minutes. You do that three, four times a, what, a day, there goes a full hour. Absolutely. Oh, productivity. So easy. Yeah, uh, so and easy. It, and you don't even know it. Yeah. You know, I've talked and you know probably think it's 30 seconds but it's probably been a lot longer than that so same thing when they're around the water cooler and <laughs> yeah. if they have dead time they're going to go over and they're going to walk around if mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to get them up and running in a much quicker manner you have a lot a bigger opportunity of limiting that what is a response time on average on working or on the managed it team assisting folks uh, remote remotely or even in person to start get access um anywhere from two to five minutes okay um, we've had times before t 
two minutes, but that's a really aggressive time. <laughs> that is pretty aggressive, though. Well, you, even five minutes. So if you, you think about it, you have some people, I'm one of them, that could be impatient at times, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I need, I need no. this taken care of right now. Just, <laughs> just a bit. Hey, I, I know my own flaws here, so now I admit that <laughs> all day, every day. So, But, yeah, but that's that's good to know, two to five minutes. So a- average. 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 Yes. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean – very, we're very quick to respond and, and very skilled. I mean, they, they, they have over 75 certifications of, you know, on, on the SOC, so they have the ability to respond quickly, and you have the skill set needed to do it. And I think as a customer, people just want to know that they're going to be taken care of and just, hey, we're going to be right with you. This, we're going to take care of your issue, and then let me, let me figure out what's going on, and usually it'll get taken care of. So. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing that we see in our industry anymore is just ransomwares, malwares, cyber attacks, security breaches. Can can you share why we're seeing more and more of those currently than in previous years? Oh, it's very profitable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it, it know, is. It, it is. The bad actors are making a lot of money, and and right. a lot of times when you think about um, someone who's doing any type of cybersecurity threat or ransomware, you're you're thinking of a single person in a, in a basement uh, or uh, working on. And it's just not true. Um, you know, we know um, today that uh, there are other countries that um, are backing a lot of this uh, cyber attack. They are. With businesses, not just with government. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's increased significantly over the past couple of years. The other thing uh, is remote work. It kind of opens more opportunity um, for um if you don't have the right structure in place, when they're working from home, they're not as secure as they are when they're working from within your network. Um, there are certain basic things that's been deployed, VPNs, all that, you know, to kind of keep you on the network, things along those lines to help you do that. But um, um, the third factor is they're just emailing and they're getting smarter and smarter how they try to email um, to send, ask basically your employees to help them in the network. They don't even know it. Um, so click on one link, you're inviting them in, you're putting them past your firewalls, putting them past everything that you have in place. Um, if you don't have something like um, a SOC that's monitoring and watching you 24 hours, seven days a week. And one thing I love that you mentioned though, like hackers, they're getting smarter and smarter with these spam emails and things of that nature on a website that you may do orders on and um, monthly basis or weekly basis you may think you click order something and then maybe off by one letter or something you may click on that and then they penetrate your your computer and everything and right with away the virus or something right away yep and and sometimes they're just see- seeking for a little information because yeah. what they want to eventually get is your user account and when they get your user account they can actually get in they could be there uh, some reports show as many 74 days before you even know they're there they're gathering your information. They're figuring out what it is um, that um, they can do to get more information and how to get to full control of the network. And it's sitting there and it's working in. It doesn't have to be 74 days. They've gotten so smart now that usually sometimes they're, they're in there for a few minutes and they already got the, have the information they need to take mm-hmm. over and shut down your network if they wanted to. Um, but a lot, a lot of cases they'll stick around to gather more and more information, uh, research it. Um, and they're smart. I mean, these are corporations doing these things yeah. now. Um, not good corporations, but these are corporations that are doing these things. And 
Very professional. Um, I was just talking with um, uh, the same, same partner that runs the uh, uh, SOC that we were, uh, I was just talking about earlier, and he was talking about a client um, that he was working with out of Florida. Can't say the name for obvious reasons, but they've been working with this client for about a year to try to get him to sign on with um, cybersecurity, mm -hmm. um, with the SOC, uh, with Perch, and uh, some other tools that, that, that they use. They finally agreed to it getting ready to sign the paperwork. Guess what happened? Yeah, something happens, or uh, something hit. Yep, yeah, bad actor got in um, before they before they actually implemented the uh, security plan and shut them down. Dang. Um, so they reached back out to them and said, hey, can we? I said, sure, we could definitely help. Cyber insurance is important and you definitely should have it, but understand it's not your first step. It's not your first layer of protection. That's your last layer of protection. Because what's happened next when um, uh, our partner tried to go in and help mitigate the issue and take out the problem, the insurance said, no, we're going to shut it down. They put in a claim. You can't have access till we've reviewed everything. So they're going to make sure everything's proper, make sure they had the proper tools in place. And the tools I just mentioned are now requirements for um, cybersecurity insurance in most cases to take you on. Um, so now they're shut down even longer until the insurance company can verify um, and uh, validate the uh, claim. Mm -hmm. um, and what was very interesting was, was the letter, letter that they received from the hacker. And um, it, it was very professional. Um, it said, you know, all, they were offering a service to uh, provide them back their user accounts, provide them back their access to their computers, and their customer base, who they now also can go in and mm -hmm. try to do the same thing to them. Um, very professional, very, very calm. All they needed was $800,000. And, um, you know, again, in a professional way, they act like they're doing a service. Oh, and by the way, we'll tell you how we got in so that you can stop us next time. Mm -hmm. And um, so why? A lot of companies pay it. A lot of companies pay the ransomware um, and just to get it back or because they don't have the resources to try to stop it or get it back or, or get it back themselves so that's why it's up you know they're successful and they're going to continue to run a lot of times just like with our house and you know, we say it'll never happen to us well you wait till someone breaks in before you buy that security system and it's a little late <laughs> at that mm -hmm. point it is so, same thing if i was a small business owner middle-sized business owner one person shop two business or er, two person shop to a big business should i be concerned about cyber attack or ransomware or malware sure um you definitely because whatever your size is you hear on the news about the, the the large the 40 million dollar breaches where they the, the ransomware is 40 million dollars you know the eight hundred thousand i mentioned you know why are they picking these numbers likely because it's 10 percent of their annual revenue yeah um so they're going to use that and obviously if you you're a million dollar annual company They'll probably ask for a hundred thousand dollars. Why? Because that's probably enough to get you to pay, and they can hang on until they want to come back later. Um, so they're not—they don't want to put you out of business because you are their business. Yeah. Um, so they—but they want to get enough money out of you to um, meet their goals and, right. and what they're trying to achieve. Even if you're a single business, uh, single employee business, but if you're—if you have a thousand customers, those thousand customers are vulnerable. So if someone comes in and they um, Get access to those thousand cost customers they may not try to get anything from you but they're going to get it from your customer yeah 
uh, and trust me, they, they won't have any problem letting them know how they got it. Um, so, you know, that's just a concern that we would have with this well. With, with the pandemic and COVID, you kind of alluded to this earlier too. We're having more and more folks working remotely. Um, how could a business be proactive to assist and help out their folks working remotely so an attack or something of that nature doesn't happen to them? Well, education is the first thing. Is educating all your employees to look for those emails, look for something that's out of ordinary, whether it's, um, you know, uh, as opposed to an at sign, they'll just change the symbol slightly on the email address. So it, it, they've gotten very high tech on how they do this. And uh, they, so it, it's so easy to miss. And it could mm -hmm. come from, look like it's coming from the owner of your company, yeah, very true. your CFO, your boss, whoever it is. So that when they send you this, then they're, they're saying, hey, go, you know, go buy 500 gift cards for um, you know this scenario that they don't really want the gift cards they want your information they do so that they can you know uh, get more information from your company and see how they can uh, infiltrate it um, so the education is the first part um, educating all your employees on how what to look for where to go VPNs obviously you know that's a standard should mm -hmm. should be working off a VPN if they're working from home um, and um, have an additional endpoint protection installed uh, like a Sentinel one tool so that way it's actually protecting it even though it's off the network. Um, it's still helping to protect your um, network and your environment through that. Um, and then obviously, if you once you have the VPN in place, require all your employees when they are working outside of the network, go through the VPN. So that way it can really have the full control and protection. Um, and then as um, the level of adding our SOC and adding the information that uh, we need or tools depending on, on your business. Um, it's just a matter of having an evaluation. We'll take a look at what you have. We'll let you know what uh, will best protect you. And then, you know, we'll install a plan to help to mitigate and minimize your chances of getting uh, attacked. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. And I know one thing at AMB that we practice too is if you click on an email, that <laughs> phishing campaign, yep. then you got to watch your video and everything. And yep. You saw Ross's email this morning. Oh, I did. <laughs> I, I, I did see his email this morning. Well, it's education, though. Yep. You know, it's not to be annoying or anything. It's just to make sure you're aware, you're on your toes. It just that it doesn't happen to you. No, absolutely. And um, don't wait until it happens, because at that point, uh, you're already spending a lot of money, and then you're going to spend money. Um, I um, look at it more as an investment than an expense, because you're investing in protecting that company that waited and got that $800,000 ransom, it was much higher than what they would have had to pay if they just had the support in place. And you can't guarantee it. Um, nobody, anybody that tells you they, they're going to guarantee it, I, I question them because they're, these these uh, bad actors are very advanced and they find ways around and find ways to do it. But you can mitigate it, you can limit it, and um, uh, having those tools and, and securities in place will help do it. One thing I wanted you to elaborate maybe a little bit on and share what is a SOC team or what is a SOC for folks that aren't aware of the managed IT lingo or, or that industry? It's just a uh, team of help those folks who are sitting on, a, um, on the SOC and they're uh, certified to look for the security attacks, look for the um, uh, opportunities and things that um, um, that could come out now and they're, just, they're watching and monitoring for you um, 24 hours, seven days a week. Perfect. So while we're sleeping and everything, as a business owner, I think a lot of CEOs or presidents of companies, one thing they probably don't worry about all the time is 
is my company going to get hacked or, you know, are, are we going to lose information? Well, that's what the SOC team is there. They're always working behind the scenes on making sure the emails, if someone's trying to hack in, they're blocking them, making sure that they're redirected and they don't pen or penetrate your system or get information that's unwanted. Correct. So, yeah. Perfect. No, I love it. Um, can you share, we got a big event coming up here, June 16th, it's Cybersecurity Lunch and Learn. Um, what people can expect about the event and what they can learn as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, we have Katie Shuck uh, coming in. This is her second time doing this for us. Um, when you talk about a, a cybersecurity expert, she's, she's, she's it. Um, she spends more time on the dark web where the rest of us don't want to be, mm -hmm. um, looking for the um, bad actors and, and looking for how to protect not just businesses, but South Dakota as well. So she's part of the Fusion Group works directly with the state of South Dakota, um, the city of Sioux Falls, uh, to uh, monitor uh, what our business is doing. Um, and AMB is part of the, one of the businesses that actually attends those meetings to see what are, what are businesses doing to protect themselves, what's the city doing to protect itself. Um, very impressed with how the city of Sioux Falls um, goes after this. Um, so she'll be presenting, she'll be showing a lot of things that um, she sees happening. She'll show things that are gonna happen likely from Russian attacks, cyber attacks, yeah. um, China cyber attacks, uh, things along those lines. Um, she'll go through that. Of course, we're gonna provide a, a great lunch. It'll be actually the, be in the room we're sitting in to, um, uh, to talk about. So it'll be opportunity for some good food, some good time meeting people, and um, get a, a nice learning session from, from Katie Shuck. Perfect, no, I had the opportunity to visit, or visit with Katie and see the, the first lunch and learn we did, the cybersecurity, and just the knowledge that she brings and the tips and what she sees on the dark web that we may not want to believe, it, it's happening out there, Yeah, 20, 24-7, unfortunately. And it's a passion for her. Um, yeah. she, she does this because you know it's her drive to try to help protect the city, the country, and that's why she wants to do this. It's, it, it, I, it's not a job for her. She, she loves what she does and she works really hard to do it, and that's why we expanded the time. It, it, it's gonna be her show. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, who, who would you want to attend this? Like, what's, what's, what's the kind of person that? Anybody who uh, manages, owns, or runs a business, okay. um, definitely should be here. Um, you need to see what, what's out there. Um, IT people definitely wanna be here. Um, because one of the other misconceptions we talked about trying to find IT talent, but we also give support for existing IT mm -hmm. um, professionals because, as I said, when I was an IT manager, I would have loved to have somebody to take care of my updates, take care of my um, uh, installs, things along those lines so that I can focus on what my company needed me to focus on to help us achieve our business goals. Um, as, as an owner or a CFO or um, a VP of a company, you want to ensure that you have everything in place to protect it and help your people be productive. Um, so all those things combined, um, and just anybody who um, has a say in their business as to how to protect their company, they should be here. Perfect, no, I think it'll be a great event again, uh, June 16th from 11.30 to 1.30. 11.30 to 1.30. Katie Shock will be our main speaker there, and yep. come have some great food from Chef Tyler from Cleavers. He always prepares some good dishes, and some, some good knowledge and some learning experiences. So. Absolutely. Before we end, being DC and Washington, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go sports question. Do you have a favorite sports moment in that area or a favorite player that 
you would like to reminisce about or share? I have a little, several players um, uh, from the Redskin team that uh, I have. grew up as a kid. All my family, uh, if, you, if you didn't root for the Redskins, you kind of got thrown out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it, was, it was a vibe. Um, and, um, you know, John Riggins, that, John that key uh, Super Bowl run for the Super Bowl and the first Super Bowl That's against huge. Miami. Um, that one I remember forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't think I can think higher of anyone like I do Daryl Green. Um, uh, you know, he was cornerback, cornerback mm-hmm. for um, twenty plus years, um, fastest man in the NFL for several years, mm-hmm. um, and um, just a great person um, when you talk to him. Uh, Art Monk, same way. He was a wide receiver. Great receiver. Um, and, um, again, Hall of Fame. Um, and they both were inducted at the same time. The shame was Art wasn't inducted 10 years earlier because uh, they made him wait. And uh, uh, it might have been five years. I might be exaggerating. But uh, they made him wait many years before they actually brought him in. But I think if you look back, I don't think you'll see anybody have a longer standing ovation than Art Monk when um, he was announced um, at the Hall of Fame. Um, presentation so uh, I think he got a little reward and because I met Joe Theismann as a kid uh, in Children's Hospital a lot of people didn't like him they said he was cocky and things <laughs> along those lines um, that's my favorite quarterback because of that um, you know he um, uh, was a good really good quarterback for us um, unfortunately Joe Montana kind of dominated a lot of that in that era right. um, but because um, he was a, fun, a fabulous quarterback it's interesting you mentioned Joe Theismann Joe Theismann, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I feel a lot of the greatest quarterbacks, they all had a little arrogance or ego to them. Not, nothing wrong with that. that. That was just the chip on their shoulder. And I think some people, as fans, and maybe as just wa- watching on the sideline, may just think, oh, my gosh, these guys are just kind of arrogant. They're not. They're just passionate, and they're just wanting to win. They don't like losing and everything, and that that's just the way they go. And if they do a good job, they're proud of it because they prepared and they put in all the time and hours to get the result they did going in on Sunday. Doug Williams used to talk and um, about the situation with Jay Schrader because they were going back and forth as who was going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. And you're, not, you're, not, you're not a fan of Washington if, you, if there isn't a quarterback controversy somewhere. Um, and um, he talked about um, how Joe Gibbs said, you know, Doug, I brought you, brought you here for a reason. Because um, at this point, Doug was talking about wanting to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Joe was thinking about it um, and, and actually brought him in and said, well, okay, we're going to trade him. And then brought him back and said, no, we're not going to trade it. I have a feeling there's going to be something special with you this year. I'm not going to trade you. And Doug Williams was not happy about that. Understandably so, because uh, at one point, probably the most embarrassing point for him is Jay Schrader uh, got hurt and was supposed to be coming out. Doug was running out there, and Jay's waving him back mm-hmm. to go off. Yeah. And and Doug talks about that in one of the interviews. Um, and so he went back off the field. And um, that year, of course, is when the Redskins, sorry, went to the Super Bowl. They beat the Denver Broncos. Beat the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Doug took a knee injury. Uh, looked like it was going to be uh, pretty bad, um, but he got up and he, he went. They took him out. Jay was out there for a few plays, and Doug literally pulled Jay Schrader out, and went back he out did. there, and he said, "I was not going to come out of that game. I'm, I, I was going back in." And 
the rest is history. The yeah, highest scoring quarter in Super Bowl history um, happened in the second quarter, and um, you know they were on fire. So Joe was right. There was something special for Doug Williams to be there that year. Joe Gibbs, yeah. yeah. And I got to meet Doug Williams as the uh, general manager with uh, when I went down to the training camp a couple of years back. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that was awesome. And Doug Williams, if I'm correct here, was the first African-American quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Yes, he was. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Man. So he's had history. So he, he, made history. He, is in, he is in history. Yep. So. Yeah. Oh, man. David, thanks again for joining us on Behind the Bowtie and look forward on continued success in managed IT, but being our VP of service. Absolutely. So. Thank you. You're welcome. It's great being on.